Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. It seems like a very long while since hearing from callers, so I am especially jazzed about today's show. I am also thrilled that my first LinkedIn learning course has been very well received. We reached 10,000 learners in the first three or so weeks. Great reviews. The course title is Leadership Communication in the Flow of Work. And for me, as you can imagine, it's a blazing neon light how imperative it is for professionals at all levels to communicate effectively, and especially for those with the privilege to lead. So please, please check it out on my LinkedIn profile. Let me know your thoughts. And of course, I appreciate you being part of the solution and sharing. Okay, so we're heading over to the Windy City, to the Chicago area, and a very warm welcome to Christian. Christian, how are you doing? Doing fantastic, Molly. How about yourself? I'm doing great. And I, my friend, I'm so grateful for you making time to join us. And I'm very uh, excited to hear what's on your mind. Absolutely. So before I even start, I do want to say congratulations on the LinkedIn course. Honestly, I, I really can't emphasize what an accomplishment that really is. And the service that you're doing between the course and this pod and a podcast, a show in general, uh, you certainly helped me out with that. So thank you, Molly. Well, my absolute pressure. And I appreciate you, you really making the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, you know, it's interesting. I was just rewatching January 7th, uh, 2020's episode, which is where I first called in. And I remember I had called in regarding really how to say no. I had asked you how to say no to senior stakeholders because at the time my bandwidth was too stretched out. Really helped me understand what the repercussions of burnout and quality were if I didn't communicate and really how that impacts the organization. Given at the, at the time, it was really beginning to decline come a long way since then from the person I really was then as well. And again, it, the advice that you've given was imperative. Uh, it's it, it's interesting when you really look back on things and you really see personal growth and development and really had the opportunity to compare yourself to where you were then versus where you are now. It, it's such a substantial difference. So let's pause on that. So kudos, yay, self-awareness is yeah. such a big, you know, it, it's, it's the characteristic of the most successful leaders and folks listening. When you increase your self-awareness, we also want to track an increase of our self-compassion because we may find things about ourselves that we don't love so much. And you can't give yourself a hard time, right? You have to kind of really accept yourself, love yourself for who you are, be better at the things you want to be better. And maybe at some things, we're just never going to be great at that. And that's okay. Um, so I would just love to have you do a self assessment maybe from then sure. maybe articulate how you were and now how you how do you describe how you are now absolutely so from where i was then i was somebody that was very hesitant and part of the reason for that was because i was too focused on the title of the individual and really what i mean by that is given that i was just breaking into project management at the time I was too fearful to really talk to people within a hierarchy or organization if they were above me. What if I said the wrong thing? What if I did the wrong thing and I was judged for it? And I opted to not really communicate it as communicate as much as I should. And when I did communicate, I would argue for myself personally, it was nowhere near as good as what it really could have been. I saw the title before I saw the person, which just led me to get too far into my own head with anxiety, doubt, you name it. But I really learned at the end of the day, really, um, when I communicate, regardless of who they are, where they come from, they're just a human being, just like me and you. They're a person with their own goals, thoughts, ideas, and mission, not just the title that comes after their name. So for me, that allowed me at the t from where I was then to be uh, go from somebody who was really coy, very shy and hesitant to somebody who can communicate with general confidence. Because at the end of the day, I want to know how can I take us from point A to point B? Uh, and really just make things easier within your professional and at times personal life too, if it's outside the workplace. Uh, so I've become much more confident and, and really have a much better ability to communicate 
um, whether or not I'm clocked in or clocked out. I'm somebody that's generally confident. I can get my message across. I know what I want to say, and I'm considerate of the person and, again, not the title. Love it. Love it. Do you remember an epiphany? Was it sort of a wow? Like I'm realizing I am so blown away because the title is senior XYZ. I mean, I am kind of curious because it it sort of makes intuitive sense for listeners. You're like, I don't know. Why am I so afraid of the person with the XYZ title? Right. I think for me, it was really the first time I said no. So I'd probably say maybe like two, two months after the show, there was an opportunity that really uh, provided itself for me to really practice the power of saying no and really enforce some boundaries at the time I just couldn't handle an additional workload. So I talked to a senior manager. They listened to me. I made my point very clear and the concerns I was having regarding my work productivity just beginning to decline with how much of a workload there was. Uh, and they were, I, you know, I realized they're far more compassionate and understanding than I had the image that I had painted in my head. <laughs> the image I had in my head was just something that was like, oh, you know, do your work, go do it. Very traditional hierarchy, all kind of approach to things, which uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised to learn, no, that really wasn't the case. And from there, really, I mean, it's not a universal rule, but generally I, I try to look forward to the more positive side of people and just assume the best out of a conversation that I'm really going into as opposed to the worst. So again, two to three months after I had initially hopped on the show, so March of April of 2020. From then, it's just been all about refining. Well, how would you say you are? I mean, what do you? What, I mean, this is really great for listeners because it's important. Like, what do I do well, and what are other growth areas you have? Yeah, if you can repeat the question to me one more time, please. Well, you know, what would you say if you were just to kind of self-assess? What do you think mm. you do well now? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, the biggest thing I think is. Being, I obviously I don't want to keep the fault in the communication, but that's such a key role as a project manager for what I do. Most of my day is spent communicating, but as part of this as well, I also want to say is listening. I think listening is just is even more important realistically than actually verbal oration for the most part, just because at this point, when we listen, we want to actively listen. We want to be mindful of what's being said to us and really understand the message that's being provided. So. I think from there, it's, it's just getting out of my own head and really using my ears. You know, we have two ears, we have one mouth, try to use them proportionally. It's a good phrase that I learned from a good friend. And it, it really kind of put things in perspective which, to me, which is I should be listening a lot more and really knowing how to respond as opposed to just talking with the objective of only getting my point across. Write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's so great to hear you say that. So now if you're, you know, standing outside or with your own manager, what are some areas that you're leaning into for growth? I think that where I'm leaning into for growth is really digging in for opportunities beyond just the scope of the work that I do. I want to know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I was hired to do. You look at the, the general job description, what I was hired for, I'm hitting all the marks. I, I like to ask myself, like, what else can I do? What other problem are you facing or experiencing that perhaps has been on the table for a little while that, you know, perhaps it's just been nagging at you? Is there any way that I can provide a solution or contribute to a solution? So at that point, it's really about just kind of digging in for those opportunities or really being proactive with understanding, like, what else is beyond the scope of my work that maybe I can add, you know, increasing my own personal professional scope. Wow, that's awesome. So what's challenging for you, if anything, or uh, what can I be helping with you? Uh, I think nowadays what's really challenging is when it comes to buy-in and buy-in of different initiatives, buy-in of different projects. So I'd love to hear from you in this case, what's a good way to get stakeholder buy-in? What's, uh, what's worked for you? What are some strategies that you like to employ? Uh that's a great question. Thanks, Chris, for asking. Yeah, of course. So this this whole buy-in concept, and to your point, like I have my agenda, this is what you know I want to do, and it's very front and center, and you're in your world, which is just totally normal. And to your point of listening, when you think about buy-in, getting someone and appreciating where they're coming from around a particular change, and you know, typically when you think of buy-in, there's a change. Right. And Leading change, navigating change, it's just a fundamental capability, whether you technically are a leader or you're a hub function in these project roles, right? 
And so that ability to think about yourself as being a change agent, I think is a great role for people to step into. And the idea of really understanding where someone's coming from around what you're proposing is just something, and you think about this compassion, you know, you thought about these leaders, maybe they would just want to push on you and not actually appreciate how you were overloaded. Well, just try to put yourself in where they're at. You may not know exactly, but just try to understand what it could be like and being on the receiving end. So that's one, just, I think from a mindset. And I think a really important thing is, and I, this is um, from Meg Wheatley. She has a great theory of change, but that notion of new information, and this is the shared reality piece. So thinking about what is the landscape here that I want everyone to buy into, like where we are. And I think about this, not that the New York Times is the most objective, but kind of an objective, newsworthy thing. What are the salient facts, considerations, situations that are pretty inarguable inarguable about what's going on and just get people around that? And I think of that as like one slide worth. So it's not like tons of pages. So thinking about here's a situation, right? What got us here doesn't get us there. What got us here are some really great things. The situation now is X. And it may have been um, of an external market shift, a competitive move, a process change, a person left, whatever it is. When you're in the midst of it, you have the, the luxury of knowing a lot more. And it can be easy to forget that other people don't know everything that you know. And you actually don't want them to know everything, but you do need the, the major stakeholders to have an accurate shared reality around what's going on for whatever change it is. And that piece is sort of basic, <laughs> but so I see leaders skip it all the time, all the time. So that also feels generous if you're sharing information with people, right? Knowledge is power. Like, okay, here I am. I'm getting a sense of the bigger picture. And so if everyone's on the same page with that first, then you have a shot of getting buy-in. But if you don't even have people like they're disagreeing about the situation or what the need is or what have you, right? Then you realize that you need to step back, you know, a, a bit and and focus on that. So we're helping people see, you know, through the same window, the same view. Does that make gotcha. sense? Let me pause there. That does make sense. It's almost as if we're, you know, going from point A to point B and just really kind of getting to buy into the journey of point B as well by the sound of it. As yeah, you said, I think, well, it's the fundamentals. Yeah. I mean, I think of it very simply as current state and future state. And, you know, the, 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 the fun analogy, if you're driving is, you know, if I think I'm in New Jersey and you think you're, we're in Massachusetts, right? But we're going to Florida. We're never going to chart the same path, right? Because you right. Think we're starting a different place. This is really that basic. So that's a huge piece. Then the notion of shared purpose, because sometimes in a buy-in, you know, there's change where a particular group, if you will, may lose a little. It might, might be viewed as win-lose. And to the mm-hmm. extent that you can make a win-win, which is the shared purpose, what serves the greater organization, hey, I really appreciate this is going to be a few more steps for this group, but a few more steps for this group makes it much better for the whole. And being really uh-huh. clear and, and really acknowledging when people do have to give in a little bit, headcount is a great example. Everyone's fighting for headcount at the end of the year, right? And let's say marketing does a better job selling the situation. And so they get more headcount. But really, if we're serving the whole, the development, the product development team needs more headcount. So you've won the battle, but lost the war. Right. And so that ability to have people really bubbling up, hey, what's going to really help us all thrive and have everyone realize that serving the greater good is what we really want, not an individual siloed approach. And to the extent people always complain, if someone really is a siloed person, when you have transparency, it makes it harder for folks to kind of selfishly pursue their own agenda. Okay. So I just yes. experience it. Makes complete sense. Right. That's, that's, that's one point. Like, I never want to be someone who like, operates within a silo and just kind of obscure from the rest of the organization. That's just something where fundamentally it just doesn't breed ground for collaboration and it's really lost opportunity for innovation. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great. And then, and, and I'm going to also add sometimes also, we need to be focused on what we need to do. So sometimes we do need to be a little bit more selfish to say, you know, for right now, while I'd love to help you with X, Y, or Z, I need to do, you know, this because this is what's going to move the needle forward. And folks have to make that call. I mean, that's a judgment call too. If we're always helping everybody else, but not executing on the piece that we are accountable to deliver, that doesn't serve the whole either. So that's a judgment call. Um, so that that notion of the shared purpose. And then when you think about buy-in, okay, 
what's, how, you know, how are we going to participate? How are we getting people's input and just being transparent about that? A decision may have already been made. I'm not saying everybody weighs into the decision, but how something happens, that ability for people to come in and co-create, to get the different ideas, to harness the diversity, right? And being explicit about that. And then yeah. the process part, you know, and buy-in, hey, we're getting people's input and this is how it's going to go. Like the CEO is going to decide, right? Or a majority or whatever. So that, you know, and some people may not always be 100% in agreement, but they'll align to say, okay, I don't agree. I don't agree with this being the best way, but I see this is where we're heading and I'm at peace with it. And th that's kind of how we, if you will, behind the scenes, we can argue. But, you know, once we get into the outside the closed room, we're on board. And we're just going to make this the way that we're going to go. And we're, you know, all for one and one for all. I love it. That's a great way to put it. And as usual from you, just gems of information. So thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So share with folks when you have, when you say struggle a little bit with buy-in, what is some of the pushback in specific that you are encountering? I think the biggest and most common aspect is really going to be why me? Of all the people that you can choose, why necessarily me? And I'll try to explain how their skill set applies. But at the end of the day, I think it's really tying it into the bigger picture that I'm probably not doing as well of a job as I could, admittedly, just kind of just based off of how you are emphasizing on the fundamental journey. And as you said, one for all, all for one, um, or flip that. But that's really what it comes down to is just that resistance of why me? Like you can pick anyone else, but you decided I have a busy schedule. I'm already doing this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm the right person. So it's really those kind of ob objections that I've received in the past, admittedly. Okay, that's great. That's helpful for me. So I'm going to take it down a notch. When you approach someone, they're busy, they're overworked. It's kind of like more, like more is not better. Like, I want less. And acknowledging, hey, um, an opportunity and also that what is in it for them and in the organization and helping them you know, you can acknowledge if you think that I can see that you may think you're overloaded. I mean, so there's a fine line, but just acknowledging that so that they feel that empathy and saying, here's why I really think you're the man or woman for the job. Um, I'd be hugely grateful, right, for it. I can see there's other, as there other things that I could potentially help with so that you're, you're partnering with them to create a more manageable plate. You know, and again, sometimes, you know, if you're trying to just squeeze more work through, I kind of get that too. I mean, I get the reality of that, but I think that that feeling of the person being acknowledged, how much they already are contributing, why this is a game changer and you're in, and they're the one that you think is really perfect. And what can I do to make this more manageable? I'm not just trying to, to be here, you know, with a hammer over your head saying you have to do it. Gotcha. Makes sense. To me, it almost sounds like a combination of value proposition of the projects and then validation and then actionable assistance. Would that be a good way to summarize it? Yep. That's really fabulous. So I, of course, I use, you know, I'm going to ask you, we talked about a lot of things, You a particular top takeaway that you have. Don't be afraid. You have a voice. Use the voice for a reason. And I think this probably goes into impost. A lot of people experience imposter syndrome, especially within my field, uh, I like to say that people are in the roles they are for a reason. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. You are where you are for a reason. Use the voice that you've been given. Love it. Love it. I am sharing for you, Chris, in the biggest way. I am so smiley about your growth. I'm very, very proud of you. Your organization is lucky. Um, and if I can be Thank any you. Anyway, helpful. You know how to reach me. You know, thanks for being part of this. Of course. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, allow me to hop on. I appreciate it and hope you all have a great day. Yep. Thanks so much. Take good care. You too. Bye bye. Ah, love it. I'm so smiley. Okay. We are jazzed to go to the Big Apple where it's quite sunny. And I'm thrilled to welcome Kira to the show. Kira, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled, 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 thrilled. I am keen to hear what's on your mind. Yeah, no, thank you so much again for having me. This is so awesome. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to come on and speak with you about is I've been to a couple of your seminars and I've listened to your podcast in the past and I feel like you've given very actionable tips 
on how to say things skillfully, especially when they can be difficult conversations. And my question for you is how to know when to say it skillfully, even when you've equipped us with great skills on how to say it. My question is when to know to, I guess, muster up the courage and say it versus keeping quiet and keeping to yourself. Um, I guess an example that I have that's just very tangible and applicable is with like roommates. If you living in the Big Apple, obviously their the apartments can be on the smaller side and I tend to be a person that likes to keep tidy and keep to myself. But I also feel like sometimes my roommates can just as things go on, um, there can be times where like the apartment can get messy and there things happen to be um, just on the messier side. And how do you, I guess the the question I have for you is how to know like, okay, it's time to say it, to say something skillfully and say it to them of like approach them in that way. Or is it just me being a neat freak and like not wanting um, to have clutter or messiness? And I guess how to know where to draw that line between like it's something that you're supposed to say and something that would be beneficial to say versus keeping to yourself because it's, I guess, your own personal like character defects that are causing you to think these way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love Kira. Thank you so much raising this. And for the times when folks have had roommates, everyone is nodding their head because they're probably on one <laughs> side of this. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that this person runs around this way. Or why is this person so anal and needs to have everything lined up? Exactly. So, yeah, I get that. A few overarching, I would say, phrases that I think about, whether it's personal or work. And one is really transparency is our friend, mm-hmm. right? So raising up an observation or what you're seeing, um, what you're feeling, right? So not just facts, but also the emotions is part of the reality. And this accurate shared reality is what I see missing most in life, all facets. And so the ability to speak up saying, you know, we're probably not on the same page about what respect you might think about this tidiness is a respect thing, right? So just thinking about that just get everyone on the same page and people have different levels, right? Of what that means. And that's okay. But that ability to raise a topic without necessarily saying it has to be my way. That's, I think also think of that as a baby step that can help mm-hmm. to get people thinking. Um, and then another thing is just really ask for what you need because all of us want to be at our best, feel our best and what have you. And, you know, some folks, I know people who can sit at a desk with paper stacks of paper absolutely everywhere on the floor, on the table, and they can do their great work. I cannot function <laughs> in a room of utter chaos. Okay. Like I, I mean, I could make myself do it. You're not going to get my best work. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it is a bit of a, you know, give and take. So, you know, with relationship with roommates getting in now, I would say before people live together, a great thing to think about is, you know, we want to have this awesome, fun you know, think about the high dream, the best hope of living together. So it probably is a great idea to think about like, what does that look like? When people, you know, when people get up, when people go to sleep, what's the refrigerator? I mean, there can be really basic things and people, you can make it light and joke a little. It's really great to get it out in the open in the beginning, right? And so people go in and just say, hey, I want to be super respectful of you. So what are some of the things, who has pet peeves? What are they? They can be like, maybe nitinoidal to you, but we want everyone, you know, what's the higher dream here? We want everyone to feel welcome, to feel comfortable, to feel like this home space, you know, we're, we just can't wait to get home. Mm-hmm. And right. And then, so if, if you haven't done that, which is totally fine, you say, you know, Hey, one thing I've been thinking about this and I probably should have said it earlier, but I want to throw this out here. You know, where we're, I love you guys. We have a great time. This has kind of come up for me. And I'm, I'd be really thrilled if I could just talk about it with you folks, you know, is that okay? We could be asking permission, what have you, you know, and I've noticed this, we're you know similar in these ways. We're really different on what like clean looks like. And I, I'd love to have a chat about that because for me, I'll tell you that, you know, I, I, I'm used to things being a little bit more tidy or what have you, right? You're not making anyone wrong. You're messy. You're bad. I'm used to this. Yep. And for me, it would mean this. And I would love for us to have a chat about it, not trying to create extra work for anyone. 
I obviously want to create an environment that you folks are comfortable and I'm willing to do whatever. Um, and so if you're open to doing the same, love for us to have a chat. So let me pause. How's that? Love it. Yeah, no, I think that's that's huge. And yeah, going back to just transparency as our friend, I feel like it. I'm like roommates with my best friends, but even just living with someone just creates kind of like a, a barrier and where there's like people might not always be on the same page. But as long as you start, I guess, just bringing things out into the open, not only will like I feel more comfortable in bringing things up, but also they will feel more comfortable in bringing things up if there's something that I do that may not be to their liking. Um, so I think just kind of honing in on stressing that transparency is is totally key. So I, I definitely appreciate that advice. Yeah, I love it. So an easy framework, and for listeners have heard this before, that me, you, and we. So the me part is what's going on for Kira. So you're thinking like, well, this, is, this drives me crazy. Here's why. Uh, you know, and then, well, but why am I afraid of saying anything? And that's, that's totally valid thing. So you think, well, what am I afraid? Maybe you don't want your roommates to be mad at you. You don't want to create conflict. You know, think about like, what is it that I'm worried about? Right. And then work with that because, you know, that's a very, very legit emotion, if you will. So I'm not saying to like, brush that under the carpet, but it can also help you like, well, to be honest with you, if I were doing something, I certainly would want someone to feel comfortable to come up with me. And for me, that would be a show of respect. Right. And I do think that getting, getting good relationship with Kira on that is the first part. Right. Totally. Right. So that, that, and then it's like the other person, like, you know, are they going out of their way to like leave empty coffee cups, you know, all over the place with half drinking coffee? I mean, are they really trying to like drive you crazy? Probably not. They may not be that aware, right? And I think it's helping. They may, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I mean, I had a roommate situation once and I was just really swamped for a few days, but I had left a bunch of dishes literally in the sink for kind of a few days. And she, they just kind of were getting gross. So she had, and I felt so bad. I said, I'm real so sorry. You know, I, I just felt so horrible, right? This stuff yeah. happens all the time. It's totally normal. And then the you, then the we is, hey, we would love to have this environment where we're all really comfortable speaking our truth, um, asking for what we need. You know, you're here to commit to their being happy and hopefully they'll reciprocate. And, you know, if it goes great, that's great. But Kira, also sometimes in relationships, you know, you it may highlight something that isn't meant to be. And that's okay mm-hmm. too, right? And then it might be okay. Well, when the lease comes up, you know, love you as a friend. And, you know, maybe you don't want to stay as roommates, which is totally not, no one's a bad person. It just may not be a fit. Yeah, no, totally. And I think one of the things that you highlighted in the most recent um, seminar that I went to of yours is that really stuck with me is saying the phrase, just like me. And mm-hmm. that like totally hit home, like on multiple, multiple fronts, but just because we're speaking on um, the roommate front, like just like me, like, yes, I can get like annoyed if like there's dishes left in the sink or someone's not vacuuming or something like that. But if I say just like me, like they are seriously just like me maybe they just didn't have the time to do it they I, I feel like giving people more of the benefit of the doubt and realizing one we're all humans and two we're all like one in the same like obviously if someone's intentionally going out of their way to do something negative like that's not great but in terms of like just being like forgetful or like not cleaning up like super promptly after yourself like again like just like me it kind of gives you more of like the empathy f- to realize that like people got stuff going on and maybe that's not like their biggest concern in their life right now, just like other things in mine aren't. So I think that definitely creates just a more relatable aspect. Um, and that in combination with the transparency, I think is definitely key for this one. That's beautiful. I'm so proud of you. This notion of benefit of, of doubt. Also, um, as Chris had mentioned, this notion of assuming positive intent and I, you know, I shared in the, in the seminar recently that I, I grew up feeling judged. I'm not saying people were out to judge me, but that was my own insecurity and feeling judged. And so I got very good at judging other people, like very mm-hmm. good to it and, and like habitual. And then it really was kind of in my face. I'm like, why, you know, someone else is late. Oh, I can't believe they're late. And to your point, we're more similar than that. Oh, has Molly ever been late? Oh yeah. 
<laughs> Molly has lots of time. <laughs> late. So why, why am I all of a sudden high and mighty so upset that someone is late? And, you know, I think that's part of this me component of getting in good relationship with my own self and appreciating that I think it's more confident. Sure, it's a show of vulnerability to be able to say, wait, wait a second. You know, am I really going to make this some horrible thing? Am I creating uh, information, making something up that actually isn't there? I mean, I found mm -hmm. myself when I realized I was doing that. Oh, my God. Life got so much easier. I'm like, Molly, why are you creating, you know, creating some kind of information that doesn't exist, that you are making it up? Yeah. <laughs> right? No. That's so That's, great. That is huge. Yeah. And I, I think I definitely can relate to what you spoke on before and just like focusing on being kinder to yourself because I do feel like when I am being kinder to myself, I'm kinder to other people around me. Like if I let myself, being a recovering perfectionist, if I let myself be like a little messy in the apartment, it makes it more easier for me to allow that for my roommates. And I feel like it just kind of goes along with your relationship with yourself is just as important as your relationship with other people. Um, and yeah, I think that's definitely huge and would love any tips that you have on, I guess, focusing on just being kind to yourself and having that like strong and positive relationship with yourself to then lead to benefits in other relationships. Yeah. Brava on the insight of recognizing Kira though, it really starts within. And if we want to have great relationships with other people, it really does start if we can be in good relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that this notion, you know, I use this metaphor of diamonds and we're all, you know, we're all like diamonds and there's so many facets that we have. And some of them are very well polished and front and center and shiny and beautifully glistening. And we we're comfortable with them. We love showing them off to people, right? That's just who we are. And then on the side of the face, there may be some rough edges, you know, we're not so happy about that. We don't really like to shine that way. And then there's also parts behind, let's say we don't even know that that's going on for us. So getting mm -hmm. to know ourselves, because it's a new me every day, getting to know ourselves is a lifetime's journey. Now, of course, through the course of our, our lives, there's kind of step functions where we kind of make some big jumps like, whoa, you're really... And I say, this is the do the work. I say to all professionals, you have to do the work on you. And whether mm -hmm. that's self-help courses or going you know, offline, whatever it takes to kind of peel back the onion to realize that over a lifetime, you know, your mom, dad loved you. The math teacher didn't think you were so good at math. The soccer coach didn't think you were great. The violin teacher thought you were fabulous, right? There's all this stuff layered on to us. People aren't trying to make us who are not. It's just their perception of us. And that can be very easy to say, you know, that that is who I am. And so I think this idea of peeling back the onion and getting to the essence, and it can be very simple, is a really, really important thing to do. And I was just speaking yesterday with someone who was considering business school, and I had gone to business school, and I it was really grateful to have more education. But it took me seven years to unravel the, that you're a better human being because you went to business school. You may know more. Okay, I give you that. But that idea of being a better human being because you went to graduate school or have a PhD or whatever, like, hello, that's not true. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it so I, I really applaud you to be so intentional about it and to just really think about like, what is it? What do I really value? Because our values drive our actions. Am I the person I really want to be? You know, how did today go? Um, Harry Kramer was on my show and I can send you the episode about just being reflective every day, 15 minutes at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You're like, did I do what I, did I do what I thought I should do? How did I do? Right. What did I learn? How did I lead? How did I follow? And just simple questions to reflect. And, you know, you're a star, right? You're a star. So just real smile and say, I'm a star. We're not saying mm -hmm. you're the bestest star on the planet ever, right? But you're a star and, you know, acknowledge the things that are great about yourself and, and um, you know, that maybe there's a few things you want to work on, continual learning journey, but not in a, oh my God, I can't believe I'm that. I have to work on that. I'm so horrible. That's an okay tack to take, I suppose, if that motivates you. Mm -hmm. It could also be like, look, I'm trying really hard, I'm making some positive steps. Uh, you know, I, maybe I'd like to go faster. How can I go faster? 
So some people are more carrot, some people are more stick, right? You see this in athletes, you know, some people lose it and then they win the match, right? Some people, you know, are, are more positive throughout and, and that's how they do their best. Um, so those are just a few thoughts. How's that land for you? Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Molly. This has been so incredibly insightful. And I, yeah, I really appreciate your thoughts on these topics. Okay, so I'm going to ask, as I do always, is there a particular top takeaway from our little chat? I would say the number one takeaway from our chat is transparency. I think I'm kind of realizing now after this conversation that there definitely are some ways that I like hide the way I'm feeling or just kind of like step back when it comes to like confronting people or just like bringing up which are like traditionally difficult conversations. And I think having that transparency is key and it is our friend and not only will it allow me to kind of show up in a more like vulnerable, but also my in being more myself way, but it also will kind of cultivate stronger relationships with the people around me um, by showing up as kind of like my true and authentic self. Um, so definitely looking forward to bringing, uh, being more transparent going forward. I love it. I love the courage. I really love the courage because I know for folks listening, it's not easy to come on the show and talk about all this. So kudos to you to do that, Kira, number one, right? And, you know, that free to be me, I would love you to be even more free. And, you know, you're kind, I can tell. You want to do good work. You want to be a good person. And you know what? If someone wants to slam you for that, we don't really have time for them. (laughs) You know? Like go forth and prosper, shine brightly. And uh, you are a big part of the solution. You also know how to reach me. So anything I can do to be helpful, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much, Molly. Yeah, you take good care. We'll hopefully we'll cross paths very soon. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. We love it. We are now heading north to British Columbia. And I am thrilled to welcome Yoti to the show. Yoki, Yoti, wait, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. This is Skillfully Jodi. And um, I just want to say thank you for having me here. And um, the course that I did on LinkedIn, the leadership communication, it was really, really helpful. It's really insightful and has definitely created a positive impact. So thank you so much for that. <clears throat> well, thank you for letting me know. And I'm grateful for you taking the course and sharing. And being willing uh, to go out on the limb and join me. So I'm curious, what's on your mind today? Sure. So I have a couple of questions. The first one is, how can I effectively communicate my desire to learn and acquire new skills at work, given that my previous requests have not resulted in any concrete actions or opportunities for several months? So how do I approach this? Like, I'm really keen on learning, but... There's nothing yet designed by the management. This is a great one because I love how you're being proactive, Yoti, which is awesome. So can you give me a little context? How did you make the ask? How was it received? And was there some sort of, we'll get back to you? I'm just, just give me a little bit of setup. Uh, yeah, sure. So basically, uh, it's been like about eight to nine months that I've been doing the, you know, same mundane thing. So I reached out to my manager over the um, Skype chat, basically, because he's pretty busy. So I said that, you know, it's been a while and I'm really interested in learning uh, newer and more difficult uh, tasks. So uh, can you please arrange um Maybe, you know, take your time, but maybe in a month or so arrange. But I received like responses. Yeah, we are on it and uh, we will definitely get back to you. But it's been like, you know, more than maybe like three to four months. uh, And I haven't really heard back. Yeah. Yep. So I appreciate you you realizing that doing the same thing and expecting a different result is not necessarily the way to go. So I appreciate your being open to thinking about it differently. The um, relationship with your boss, will you share how long you've been working together and how would you characterize your working relationship? Um, So it's been about a year and I'm definitely considered as a great performer. But uh, when it comes to actually having, you know, great results, say for example, from a growth per se, 
there's definitely nothing that I can see very clearly. Um, uh, the transparency is definitely lacking. But uh, from a one-on-one communication, it's pretty good. And the feedback that I receive is really great. So everything is hunky-dory. Um, there's no concerns that they have. So they're like, yeah, you're doing pretty good. It's been about a year and you're doing pretty good. So that's the usual feedback that I get. And definitely I've documented everything. Um, but since we're coming to year end as well. So secondly, I'm really concerned about my growth and the thing that I asked recently to you uh, is about, um, you know, learning new skill set. So getting a pushback, like, um, you know, somebody not responding to you for a while, sort of a pushback, right? So I want to approach them again, but not seem too pushy. Yeah, yeah. So a, f- a few things. One is this notion of uh, pushback that that mm-hmm. may be it, that they have nothing. But I also would offer, like I was saying to Kira, you don't necessarily know that. And so the idea of just staying neutral mm-hmm. and saying that the fact is you haven't gotten back, right? That, and that's a fact that, that they don't want to or that they don't know or what have you really don't know. So I think assuming positive intent, because it sounds that you're doing great, you have good communication with your boss. So first thing I might ask is, um, what do you have particular skills that you are interested in? And what do you think if you had those skills, what doors would open? So let me start with that question. Yes, basically the one that I'm looking for, it's a critical activity for my, you know, further growth. And I think that if I learn that, it will definitely open up, you know, for me to grow to the next level. And that is why I am more keen to learn that from, you know, uh, to become a subject matter expert because um, within the span of a year, I have learned everything. It's just that one last step that will help me to prove, okay, I, I deserve the next growth now. So that is what I have on my mind. And uh, as you said, you know, it's my notion. So I am thinking maybe that they don't want me to learn that. So they have a reason to say that, you know, you don't know this. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you invest some time and then maybe we can give you that growth. Right. And so help me, is that a, is like a technical topic? Is a particular subject? Yeah, to it is a technical topic. Yeah. A technical topic. Okay. And just so I understand, is that something that in six months you could learn or is that like a two-year learning or a one-month learning? How long does it take to learn this? Um, I think, um, should be pretty good within six months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's super. So you have a bogey and then that would open up opportunities for you to grow. That makes a ton of sense. So a few thoughts, and again, I'm not close to it, but I love the idea of growth and development conversations Mm one-on-one. And so rather than make this the only thing, this is obviously good to know your agenda, that this is what you want to focus on. I might ask the boss for a, a conversation on how you're doing. Um, you want to be even better. Can we schedule some time to have a chat about, you know, my performance and growth opportunities at the company? So a little bit more broad. And so, and and maybe help me out. Do you do? Is this a annual performance review kind of company? How do folks? How is that handled? Yeah, it's an annual review. Okay. So, and is that coming up at a certain time or where are we in the cycle? December, 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 December. Okay. So in advance of that, you could say, look, I know this is coming up. I I reached out to you XYZ date. They didn't have a chance to hear back. I'd love to have a, a, a sync with you. So it doesn't have to be a formal thing, a, a sync with you. Can we do that? Mm-hmm. And it would mean a lot to me because, and let them know, now I'm a bit biased because I do think as people managers, our first thing is to meet with our people. So I would think that that would be, oh, I would love to do that. Let's figure out a schedule. Yes, everyone is busy. You're busy. Your boss is busy. Everyone's busy, right? That doesn't mean this isn't absolutely an important thing to do. So, you know, I would offer Yoti the energy and the positivity about it can make a difference. So 
you know, I can tell you're you're very metered, you're very even keeled. That's great. And this might be an opportunity to show greater enthusiasm, positivity, upside. Mm-hmm. So that because you know, if someone's like excited and opportunity and what sees opportunity, that can just be more attractive. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that notion of I really love what I'm doing. I'm very excited about this here. Can we have a quick chat? Because I'd love to get your feedback. You know so much. You, you know, this person has a great view, but you may have other questions you want to ask. And I'd really love your advice on these things and create relationship with your boss, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a real skill, I think, for all of us to think about in the workplace. Our boss are people too. They are getting it from all sides, okay? <laughs> and so that ability to be, show the gratitude for having the job. You're obviously killing it. You know, they're giving you great feedback. You're grateful for that. All you want to do is you just want to be your best so that you can do even greater work and contribute to the organization and make your boss look even better. Yeah. So who doesn't want that kind of person on their team? You're like, game on, right? So this is an edge for you. Maybe, you know, culturally that we don't, maybe we're not normally as emoting. So I'd offer just play around with it. You don't have to be that way your whole whole time, but it may be an opportunity for you to find another gear. Yeah, got it, got it. So let me pause. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, you said that right, you know, make your boss look good, definitely. So uh, I, the takeaway would be that um, I will definitely, you know, arrange some time maybe to talk one-to-one and um, express my desire and the way you mentioned uh, how to go about, uh, I'll definitely try that. Sounds good. That's great. Let me ask you, have you ever recorded yourself and listened back? Mm, no. <laughs> no. And please don't <laughs> ask me to do that, Molly, because I want to dig a hole and jump into it. So here's the thing. And I would know better having painfully had, having had to listen to myself, and I still often wonder, Molly, shouldn't you be better at this by now? I would offer Yoti, mm-hmm. get on a Zoom. And, you know, listen, anyone who's good at communication has been practicing. No one is born out of the womb fabulous. Get on a Zoom, look at the camera, write some notes, and practice. Absolutely. Do some practice. And this is a smart thing to do. This doesn't mean we're weak or bad. It means that we want to be better. And practice the right kind of practice helps you be better. Do the Zoom and then, you know, force yourself to like listen and watch yourself. I, from my experience, it sort of stinks. Yet it's so like, blah, you're like, ah, I can't believe I look that way or sound that way. Yoti, that is the best way to create an understanding of how other people may receive us. Mm-hmm. And then you have a chance to say, okay, now I'll, I'll give you a really simple thing. A million years ago in IBM training, we got videoed for sales calls. And I, I looked at myself and I was so intense. I was so serious. I thought I look like an ex murderer. No one is going to buy <laughs> IBM gear from an ex murderer. You cannot show up that way, Molly. You can't. It just does not. I, I was so, it was like a shining neon light. So I retrained myself to appreciate what a smiley, neutral, not too smiley, right? But what is a welcoming, smiley face that people would want to engage with? Because that, is that first impression opportunity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I want you not to be too hard on yourself. If you don't love what you see, maybe you love what you see, use it as information. And I'm not saying that you have to change yourself 180 degrees. Just give yourself a chance to expand the range of how you might show up. Mm-hmm. Expand the range of how you might show up. Okay. Yeah. Now, so since I am who I am, I'm going to ask, are you game to record yourself? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, that will be my key takeaway as well. So, um, you know, maybe I perceive myself speaking pretty good or, you know, conveying it in a very clear way, but not necessarily that it is received in that way. So it's a good takeaway, you know, to record myself and observe, you know, what are the things I should do? What are the things that I shouldn't? So definitely I'll give it a try. That's great. And remember the self-compassion is going to go up. I am here to support you anyway. So don't hesitate to reach out. I am really proud of you. uh, And I think you're a big part of the solution and I'm cheering for you big time. Okay. So you take good care and uh, hopefully we'll cross paths soon. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Oh my God. That is so, so joyous. Okay, folks, my thought for the week, thanks to my dear mama who shared this from her daily meditation on the Calm app. And this comes from uh, a meditation guide, Jay Shetty. A recipe for a delicious life. Identify your key ingredients, then make sure they stay fresh. And lastly, my heartfelt appreciation to the stars who make this show possible each and every week. The team at Voice America and the very bright light, Eric Patton. Eric is behind the scenes of every episode of the show and a driving force for the Say It Skillfully website and all our social media. And that is a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is solvable. Communities are proving it. And it begins by understanding that we can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. The U.S. spends billions each year responding, but it's clear more resources alone aren't enough to solve this complex problem. Community Solutions is a nonprofit working alongside 105 U.S. communities, proving it is possible to make homelessness rare and brief, starting with veteran and chronic homelessness. These cities and counties are fundamentally changing their approach and have committed to get to zero homelessness using real-time, person-specific data to work and use their resources wisely. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org. See if your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name and need? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness can't be solved. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.